You're listening to Cam's Talk, a podcast brought to you by the service users and professionals from East London NHS Foundation Trust. A podcast where you can hear us discuss, debate and challenge issues around child and adolescent mental health in the UK. Hi, my name is Nikki Scott. I'm the service user participation lead for CAMS Bedfordshire and Luton. And today we're joined by some colleagues from Bedford Borough Early Help who have brought some of their young people that they work with along to talk to us. So would you like to introduce yourself, guys? Yeah, uh, my name is Dawn. I'm a personal advisor, post 16 for the Early Help new adolescent response team at Bedford Borough. Uh, my name is Georgia. Uh, my name is Stephen. And I'm Chris, and I'm an early help professional at Bedford Borough as well. And I'm Mark, I'm one of the um, CAMS workers. So Chris, um, obviously we've been discussing our previous podcast with you, mm. um, and you asked if you could come along and talk about some of the services that you offer to young people. So Yes, thank you for inviting us across. Wonderful. Um, so yeah, I think it's a good opportunity to have a chat about um, what I'm classing as a little bit over the top maybe but the, the forgotten population and this population I'm sort of going to be talking about and we're hopefully going to you know, have a bit more investigation about is uh, the neat population so young people who are not in education employment or training uh, currently and I've got some stats about that just to set the scene a little bit so there's 783,000 young people aged between 16 and 24 who aren't in any form of education at the moment or training or employment and that's 11.2 percent of all the people in that age group um interestingly historically more women than men um are neat um but that gap is narrowing um every year uh and also in terms of the in terms of mental health kind of element to young people who are in that situation they're twice as likely to be having some kind of recognizable mental health disorder and that's 27% of NEETs um, are, are at risk of that. So it's a very high population, uh, a percentage of people in that population who are at risk of developing some kind of mental health disorder because they are not actively involved in education, training and, and employment and you know could be involved in other things because you're contributing to that kind of uh, situation. Those figures are really quite staggering, aren't they? Mm. Are, you, are you guys surprised at those, Georgia and Stephen? Did, did you realise the figures were that high? I don't think they were that high, but it's quite obvious that they would be kind of that high, if that makes sense, because a lot of people are out of education. Okay. Yeah, I, I knew I knew there was definitely a lot of people um, that were neat, because I've, well, I've not only like seen it firsthand, but I've seen it um, online as well. So is but it's definitely still a surprise that it's that high. Yeah, I mean, from my perspective, my my current caseload, I guess, reflects Bedford Borough and and where that sits nationally. Um, at the minute, I'm working on an on an intensive basis with around sixteen to twenty young people aged between sixteen and eighteen. So, the reason that we don't focus on the the older ones a capacity but also be the government's raising of the participation age um so our focus group is the 16 to 18 year olds because they fall within that bracket um but at the moment in bedford there's 105 young people aged 16 to 18 that are disengaged from education and training okay so are you um are you two able to tell me a bit about 
the interventions that you've had or the help and support that you've had from from Dawn and her colleagues? Shall we start with you, Georgia? Is that okay? Um, I used to see another woman from Dawn's team. Um, I didn't think she was very helpful in the slightest, but back then I was very like shut off and very immature. But I think I started seeing Dawn a year ago. Um, and then she helped me get my apprenticeship, which I didn't end up staying because I didn't enjoy it. She's helped me find all the jobs I've had and get me back into college. So she's basically helped me with everything I've done and where I am now. Fantastic. So did you, is it okay, did you finish school at 16? Were you, were um, you in school until I finished school, the age? but I got kicked out of school. So I missed um, a couple of years in middle, middle school. Um, and then I went to a few upper schools, but I got kicked out of every single one. Okay. And how, what sort of support did you get between moving schools? Not a lot. It was getting kicked out of one, then getting moved to the next one, kicked out of there, next to the next one, then get like, oh, then I got managed, moved, I think, and then I got dumped in Gray's Educational Centre. Um, and then that's when I started getting all of the help. It was a little bit too late, but that's where I learned like the most about everything rather than being a mainstream school. Okay. And that's when Dawn come in. Okay. Thank you. Thanks for sharing that. Um, Stephen, um, what was your situation? Were you is it okay to tell us if you were in school until the age of sixteen? Uh, yeah, um so I in year nine of upper school I started uh, having a lower attendance. I think it went down to like fifty percent or lower. And then that just continued throughout year ten and eleven, but um I, at the same time I was getting support from uh, lots of other different people um, but at the time I kept pushing them away um, and it was only really until where I would have been in sixth form that um, I like that I realised that I probably should be doing something and then that's when like Dawn and Chris came around and uh, came up with the Switch project or brought up the Switch project and then I thought I have to do something, so I went with it. Okay, so who's going to give us an overview of the Switch project? Well, I think Chris would be best placed oh, to maybe... Over to you, Chris. Well, we'll get the pressure. Um, <laughs> I, no. wanna, I do want to say, though, mm. when I first met Stephen, our first interaction, as long as you don't mind me saying Stephen, <laughs> was through his bedroom door, and un- he was under his duvet. He wouldn't even come out. So when Stephen says, actually, I wasn't in a very, you know, wasn't receptive to that support and Georgia also acknowledged that she wasn't open to that support at that point. I think that's really important for young people and also professionals working with young people to recognise that it is about relationships that you can build with those young people and where they're at at that time. And sometimes they're open to that support and, and other times they're not. Um, but we were really grateful that Stephen decided to join us on the Switch project. So, yeah, Chris, if you wouldn't mind giving an, a brief overview of... Yeah, so me and Dawn completed a, a CBT course with the Charlie Waller Institute in uh, Reading a couple okay. of years ago. Can you just... Um, sorry, sorry, acronyms. Acronyms, sorry. Are we able to explain what CBT is? I know what CBT is, yep. but some of our listeners might <laughs> Certainly. not. Certainly. Um, cognitive Behavioural Therapy. Lovely, um, thank you. Which is kind of like the most evidence-based approach intervention for, for supporting of anxiety and, and low mood. Um, so when we completed that course, we kind of had to think about where are the gaps in the in the service where are the gaps in in supporting young people 
and Dawn's main job is trying to get you know, engage young people back into education and we did sort of think right mm. there is a and when with the stats that we kind of outlined in terms of mental health there is a gap there these are young people who aren't going to attend cams they're, they're going to they're going to find it quite difficult to go to clinic they're going to find it quite difficult even go to, to go to the GP um, and but Dawn's coming across them all the time uh, presenting with with certain symptoms that are quite concerning so we thought we'd create a project to try and not just support with uh, the employment or educational uh, status of young people but also to support them with their mental health mm-hmm. and the switch project is that so it's a week-long project for young people aged between 16 and 18 who have disengaged from education uh, and are struggling to reintegrate uh, due to difficulties with their mental health and and or well-being um so we both run the project and it's uh, sort of cut into five sections so on day one dawn um or Stephen, as you've completed it well what, what, what do you know what, what do we do then <laughs> Shall we jog your memory, Stephen? <laughs> Eighteen months ago, Stephen. So, so it's it's been a, yeah. It has Alan, been. When when did you do it, Stephen? Uh, I think it was summer of 2018, wasn't it? Yeah. Okay, yeah. right. Best oh, no, well, I'll forgive you then. I'll mm. forgive you for not remembering yeah, I can't every remember single day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, day one. Generally, we focus on introductions, and we're very conscious that actually coming into that space is quite nerve wracking it's you know even for adults when you go and start a new job you know and you meet new people that's very anxiety provoking um so chris and i both actually recognized we need in order for these young people to engage in this project we needed to remove as many barriers as possible so that even went down to making sure there was food every day so we ate every day together around the table which was really lovely and we'll come on to talk about that in a minute um but we made sure that we picked everybody up anybody that was struggling with transport issues uh, we made sure that we we went and, and picked them up so we picked Stephen up and we picked several other young people up and brought everyone together um, and then first day we kind of it was that first moment we sat round in a circle and we had a table in the middle I don't know if you remember Stephen with all those random bits on the table yeah yeah I, yeah yeah I can't really remember what the bits were but it's no like, no yeah. that's fine they were more to keep Chris entertained than anything <laughs> yeah. else but. yeah toddler mentality <laughs> um, and then myself and Chris were very conscious that as professionals going into young people's lives me in particular when I'm going out to their houses and I'm going out and asking them all these questions that that's quite a big ask of young people to share so much of themselves with you especially you know for some people the first time of meeting them so we wanted to give those young people who had committed this week um, and and engaging with us we wanted to give a little bit of ourselves so we gave a little bit of a story about our journey and and how we'd come to working with young people and what had brought us to that point Um, and then they slowly but surely went around the group and sort of said who they were and what their story was and what had helped them to make that decision to come on switch okay um do you re- do you remember that being particularly helpful Stephen, um, hearing yeah. about the other people in the room i, th- I think it definitely was because it just uh announced that they were in a similar situation to me so it was just easier to relate to them so yeah it definitely helped. and i think as professionals dealing with young people i think it is important that they know a bit about you because we've there's this big expectation isn't there that yeah. we're going to meet them and they're going to open up and be comfortable telling us everything and that yeah. that's so not the case and right. i suppose part of the difficulty with that is is i guess you may have been one person on the end of a very long chain of other people that, that have actually been been sat in front of some of the young people that you, I, I, 
um, again, I don't know, Stephen, if that sounded familiar to you, is that maybe, I don't know, you've had several people either meet with you or kind of introduce themselves to offer work and those kind of things. And then uh, that's why I think it's because I was I was just tumbling around in my head. How did you go from, uh, I guess, from you being under a duvet behind a door to actually, I mean, that takes a certain level of skill and a, a level of time and a level of commitment to do that. And clearly it works because you're you're sat here now, Stephen, so... I, I do remember Stephen actually with sort of some of the agreement because we were worried that you weren't going to be fully invested in the um, well maybe invested is not the wrong thing but we were worried that there was too many barriers for you to kind of get to you know from under the duvet to actually walking into the youth centre to start the thing and I remember actually one thing me and Dawn did is every time I was driving back home from work I'd just drop in and we'd have a conversation on your doorstep wouldn't we yeah. and it was just and we just can reinforce what you're doing today what you're up to but also how you're feeling for that for the next week or whatever it was and we did that for a couple of weeks before the build up to that yeah I think it was about thing. five weeks wasn't it which yeah. wow. bordering on harassment yeah. probably but it was just to <laughs> be like oh again. my god not them again <laughs> <laughs> go away I'm, I'm sure yeah. it probably did get a bit annoying at times but yeah. <laughs> in, the, in the end of it it was it's fine but yeah. it worked it, and that, yeah. that's a huge commitment from you guys as well well again it goes back to that relationship doesn't it and we we needed Stephen to and the others in the group you know we invested that same amount of time to everybody and we needed them to feel comfortable with us and to be able to trust us Mm. that we were going to make sure that they were okay and we kept you know reinforcing the message that it's our responsibility to make sure that when you come through that door on the first day that you feel as comfortable as possible yeah so yeah it it was a lot of work that went into the the build-up to switch yeah. I think probably. I think that's the main thing I think it's the preparation it's getting yeah. that, those young people in a place where they feel I'm going to give you a chance yeah. I'm going to give you a chance mm-hmm. because um, they might have been let down by other people before or they're in a situation where trust just isn't something that's uh, you know too much you know something they're, they're struggling with a little bit so just giving them do you know what I'm going to eventually because these people have annoyed me so much and sort of you know be knocking on my door so much I'll give them a chance just for them to stop knocking on my door but no he did give us a chance which was really good yeah. Um, but yeah that's what the first day is really about it's kind of breaking the ice and making these young people feel in their environment as safe and comfortable as possible and then as the week kind of goes on uh, the next day is is really to try and uh, start sprinkling in some some mental health awareness stuff. That's it, psychoeducation yeah. um, and some mindfulness, and just putting them in an environment for lots of young people. They haven't done that before. They hadn't mm-hmm. sort of been put in that that sort of place before, and just to give them you know a bit of a bit of an understanding of those. Sort Do of you things. remember the mindfulness <laughs> technique that we did, Stephen, down by the river? Um. Please remember. <laughs> <laughs> it had a massively lasting impact. Clearly, clearly. And it was chocolate. Do you remember the chocolate? Yeah, I. Yeah, I do. I do remember. It's coming slowly. <laughs> <laughs> we wanted to try and get them. So we based the main part of the week was at Kempston Youth Centre. Okay. So we were there for most of the week. Uh, we did an activity day on day three um, at. Uh, the outdoor centre where we were sort of challenging their fears and we built up to that point so we did the psychoeducation elements towards the back end of the first day then we did a mindfulness activity on the Tuesday morning and then Tuesday afternoon we moved into right if you're comfortable to share let's think about some of the worries and fears that we all might have and then we talked about strategies that we could put in place in order to conquer those 
fears okay. and those anxieties with the idea being that come Wednesday when they're faced with a huge climbing wall or an abseiling leap of faith or something like that that they would be able to implement those strategies and help them to overcome their fears and I have to say on day three they were all amazing they did so well and and Stephen actually it was quite a lovely story um Stephen connected with a, a long lost friend oh wow yeah. which was really lovely wasn't it who'd yeah. moved back to America for a while and you- yeah um, I think well I, I'd known him since lower school I was friends with him all through like all like four years of being there but then uh when it came to middle school he went to uh a different one and then I well obviously I went to yeah. a different one yeah um but I think during that time in middle school for him, he went to America, I think in like year six, apparently. Um, and then I I thought he was just like, just lost like, to, like, and in America still, but uh, apparently he had moved back to like his same house about a year ago, or like a year before uh, Switch. Oh, wow. And, yeah, so it was- And he was on the course? Yeah, he was on the course. Fantastic. Another one who'd just been in his house for a year since he'd come oh. back, fallen off our radar a little bit because we weren't aware he'd come back to the UK. Right. Um, but then as soon as I was made aware, I was, again, the same sort of input in terms yeah. of build up, build up. Um, and then when he attended for the first day and, and they connect, it was... Wow. I wish we'd have brought the letters. We did speeches on, on the last day. I've kind right. of skipped a couple of days, but... Um, on the end we did a presentation event for everybody that had completed the week and they had certificates and the young people that were on the the project had complete control over what that celebration event was like and right. um, we had parents come down we had professionals come down the head of children's services came down to make sure we'd actually been doing work for the week um <laughs> and it was it was really impressive the the speeches that the young people wrote at the presentation and Stephen and his friend both commented on how lovely it had been to reconnect over that week and oh wow are you yeah. t- I'm going to ask a question now are you still in touch um not as much as it was like at the start but yeah we we do keep in touch every now and then yeah that's really good that's really good and how how did it feel Stephen going to a group like that for the first time when were you were you nervous were you uh yeah I, <laughs> hands down I was completely nervous <laughs> Um, but it's just, I think the biggest factor is uh, there was a lot of humour involved and that's what allowed it to be a lot more comfortable. Because I remember that, that one of the first days I met Chris, I had to make a comment on his... Uh, you know what's coming. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Had to make a comment on his um, appearance. Right. <laughs> and how he looked no very similar to a character from Lord of the Rings called Frodo. Mm. <laughs> Giving everyone a nice mental picture now of what Chris looks like. There we go. Yeah. So, uh, allowing that, at, well, just in the meeting before Switch actually happened, allowed what well, opened up more opportunities for humour during yeah. it. And then, as the other uh, young kids or young children, or whatever, young people, yeah, um, as they were also like probably around the similar sort of thing, they, I assumed they were also into that sort of humour. Yeah. That just definitely made it a lot more comfortable and uh, a lot more fun to be yeah. there. It's always good to uh, take the mick out of somebody else to uh, make yourself feel comfortable. Yeah, yeah. yeah. absolutely. So <laughs> how many how many people were in the group then? Was it like 
six, I think. I think yeah. I think six or seven of the first one, yeah. wasn't there? Yeah. Um, mm. And there was you saw one young person who was sort of struggling to to, co- to complete the the thing because of the nature of you know it was quite a big step to go from you know. Uh, from that situation into into a group sort of thing, but no, it, it was it was good. I think like, I, I really agree with him. I think it's it's really important that we had that kind of that humour breaking the ice sort of thing on that first day, and just make that comfortable feeling as much as possible. And that's what we always kind of promised that me and Dawn would do as part of the contract. I suppose is it's our job. It's our job to try and make you feel as comfortable as possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's good to hear that it was. Um, but so yeah, day one and day two were very much about there. Like I say, day two being very much focused on delivering some sort of mental health intervention right how can I reduce that level of anxiety before you know coming in here today how can I reduce that level of anxiety if I was going to go to a college interview let's make it into a real world scenario and then what we did on day three as sort of Dawn outlined was go to the activity centre in Kempston where they had the high ropes and they're on the water doing the kayaking and things like that and what we wanted was a reference point for these young people to be able to use some of these strategies and go oh okay, I'm using this breathing technique and you know what? I've been able to go another 10 metres higher to jump off this this high rope or whatever it was. And that's what we try and reinforce all the time. Do you remember when you did that? Is that easier or harder than when you're walking into this college interview or or on that first day or whatever it happens to be? And it's a, that's what we wanted to try and recreate was that reference point for young people. Um, and that's so important that. to it because I think one of the things that we do in CAMS is we, is I guess we only have the opportunity to offer, uh, to, to kind of take it to a theoretical level um, because um, I think, but what you're saying there is here's the theory. Now here's the situation that we can provide for you where you can actually feel the fear but still put put the um, put the um, strategies into place, mm. and then actually see how effective they are. And I think we we can do that in cams, but I think due to the the I guess the, the pressures that we're under um, because of um, our, the the amount of young people that need our services, we can't always do that as much as we would like to mm. and, I, and, and I, th- I think you know part of my brain just lit up when you were just saying and then we go into real life situation you mm. test it out because that's so so important I think yeah. definitely and we tried to continue that same theme on the Thursday as well we had uh, training providers from local education uh, establishments coming in and speaking to the young people about their courses and their projects um, and we did quite a fun careers quiz in the morning before they all came in the afternoon to just sort of help the young people that were there identify some of their strengths and what sort of areas might be best based on their strengths um, so that come the afternoon when the providers were coming in they'd be able to say oh actually yeah that that might be quite a good fit mm. for me because what we didn't want is to have this amazing week where they had engaged every day and the momentum is there and they're ready to go and then nothing. you lose it yeah. yeah so the whole point of bringing the providers in at that point was to say okay so when you finish this what next and our support would stayed in place until they all had something else lined up afterwards that's it as, as dawn said we finished the last day um, with the celebration and the letters and it was all very oh very emotional oh my goodness still recovering from it now but it was a really lovely way to end and it's and it's a sense of recognizing you have completed something mm. and you know it we don't do that enough i don't think you know at the, at the end of an intervention or end of a piece of work with a young person often young people lots of young people don't experience uh, and don't have a recognition of start to finish you know i completed or mm. end on end a relationship really positively yeah. and that's what we wanted to make sure it was like goodbye is okay yeah. and it's really yeah. and it's a good thing because you've completed something and, and having that kind of mentality and uh, yeah as Dawn outlined, every we've done two switch projects so far. Fourteen young people have successfully completed it, and every single young person who's done the project has then gone into uh, pretty immediately 
of some form of education training or apprenticeship um so there's lots of young people i'm just looking at the the list now of young people who've gone into things like an animal management course at shuttleworth college a business studies course at at bedford college gone into a uh, a a traineeship uh an it train traineeship um a motor vehicle apprenticeship so a real variety real depth of of courses but they've they've gone into uh, something pretty immediately and sustain that that's been sustained over the year uh, or 18 months that you've you've done it I know you've done a couple of different uh, courses you went to uh, develop first now into yeah. Bedford College but you've gone on to another thing you've kind of realized what you do like what you don't like and, and continued that which has been really good and I think um, what I like to think switches I'm not saying it's the only thing that, that has allowed Stephen and other young people to do it it's been a, a cocktail of other support and uh, support from family and friends and everything like that but it's been a bit of a trigger point I think it's been that kind of kickstart yes it um, to help with that kind of thinking uh, about what's next um, and so so you, you identify real success there but what what is it then what is it that's actually What's the change that's happened for your young people? I guess that's my thinking. That's kind of because that's because it's it's that's quite a different position, I guess. From again, and I'm using you as an example again, Stephen. Sorry, from being under the duvet behind a locked door yeah. to actually being out into education. That is a huge change that's happened. So, what what is it that you feel are the are the kind of key factors that have changed for the young people that you've that you've actually run through the Switch project? I think from building on from what uh, Dawn said in terms of momentum I think that's a real big thing I think it's an injection of energy that you do you're waking up you've got a purpose in your day you've got structure in your day you've got to get somewhere on time someone's coming to get you or you're getting to somewhere on time and you finish on time and you feel like you've had a day and actually do you know what that day felt better than the day I spent in my bedroom or the day I just play PlayStation all day or whatever it was and I want to recreate that again and how do I do that? Ah, oh, this course might allow me to do that. And I've made some friends. That feels better. Um, it's difficult to put your finger on most thing, things like that. But I think, you know, uh, that, that you know, when you when you do things, you know, if your activity levels up, you want to keep re- recreating that, I think. Um, and, and it stops that cycle of, of low mood and, and things like that. I think it helps, helps that sort of thing. But uh, I don't know, Stephen, have you got any, uh, most importantly, what did you think? Um, I think... Uh, with the change uh, one, a small factor was definitely that I had reconnected with a friend and we'd planned to go to the same place but he'd later uh, stopped or not stopped he'd later uh, went back on that decision um, but yeah it's just, we well, I started going there and I was just like I, I have to well I have to see it through anyway so but what I, made I you went think through that, though? what made you think that you had to see it through um well, I think it was partially because uh, I didn't really want to put pressure on my mum uh, okay. because, well, she'd been struggling with me not attending uh, upper school much and then, well, and then sixth form as well. So I wanted to actually, like, take some pressure off her. Um, I think that's probably something that you could relate to as well, isn't it, George? I know you didn't do the Switch project, but you've commented a few times about actually feeling like you've got to do something because of parents and things yes of course but it's uh, I think it's more the fact that it's I don't want to sound like really rude but it's more the money of the situation like if I'm out of education my mum don't get the money for me and if I'm not working a full-time job mm. she's got a mortgage that she's been left with all by herself she's got three kids looking after my, my ex-stepsister as well mm-hmm. she kind of forced everything by herself so it's kind of I have I've kind of feel like I need to get back into something so now that I've quit college and I'm going to hopefully be starting this qualification I need to kind of hurry do things as quick as I can so it's like less 
brush one hair if that makes sense mm-hmm. sounds like it was quite a big factor for both of you then yeah when you were doing that i think for me the the difference the change in some of the young people i think it was finding that belief in themselves again i think they'd got some of them had got into this place where they felt like well i'm not i've not really got anything to offer and because they had disengaged for a period of time they were those thoughts were just left ruminating around and nothing really to challenge that whereas switch gave them an opportunity to reevaluate where they were at and recognize some of their attributes i remember on the activity day actually um chris and i were trying to help the group and the the instructor actually said to us guys back up like let let them do it this is this is their project so we got told off and and <laughs> stood to the side and Stephen absolutely bossed it took charge had the group move from a to b really quick and we just thought oh, okay wow we're superfluous yeah. to requirement now we're not even needed stayed away from the heights though Still, did you yeah we've got a crippling fear it's not fun but um everything else i try to take part in at least yeah and yeah. But it sounds like you learned some leadership skills a bit of organizational skills as well i think it's just one of the activities i'd done something uh similar to before because i used to uh do scouts okay um but then that kind of stopped when i stopped going to school um but yeah so i'd done something similar before so i knew kind of how to approach it so i wanted to kind of pass that on to share other people. your yeah. knowledge yeah brilliant fantastic so Georgia can you tell us a little bit more in depth about the support that you've had and the impact that that's had on you your journey the support that that you found most helpful so that brings us to the end of part one of our podcast on the early help team that work for the Bedford Borough. Um, come join us next week where we begin the second half um, with Georgia letting us know her experiences of the support that she's had. So um, until then, look after yourselves and we'll speak to you soon. <laughs>